Ephesians talks about principalities that we we face, and there's greater principalities over certain spheres of influence, like Washington. There's a lot of demons there. There's a lot of demons in Hollywood, and we're seeing a lot of that manifested today. Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor. We've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Hello and welcome to Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And I'm Todd Isburner. Yes, and we are so excited to uh, spend this time with you today. This podcast is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be found on the Edify app, Pray.com, and KHCB Uplifted Streaming. And so, uh, yeah, we are excited to to do this show today. Oh, I think me more so than you. Oh, are you? Yeah, because of uh, (laughs) part of his background. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But let me ask you a question. Um, Yeah. Is there, um, I think there's a word that is oftentimes maybe misused or overused, and it's, it's one that describes trouble uh, or hardship. You know what that is? Um, Let's take a guess. Misfortune. misfortune that, would, uh, that would be certainly part of it. Distress, suffering. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My morning so far. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> yeah, really, I think it's the word adversity. Yeah, And I think just about every single person listening can identify with that word adversity and you've experienced adversity in your own life. But I think the real thing is um, really, how do we handle it when it hits us? And then what can result uh, from it? And that's a whole other topic. It is. Yes. And our guest today is going to give us some great perspective and wisdom on on that and, and with adversity and how to break through with God in the center of it. So our guest today is a speaker, author, international faith and work leader, Oz Hillman. He is owned and operated uh, an ad agency from 1984 to 2001, and his company won many prestigious awards from the direct marketing industry. Today, Oz Hillman is president of Marketplace Leaders and Ozlon Group um, publishing and is involved in several entrepreneur ventures related to publishing and internet marketing. He is author of 24 books. He's a speaker, consultant, and recognized authority in the role uh, that faith and ethics play in the marketplace. He authors a daily internet uh, email newsletter entitled TGIF, Today God is First. I like that. That's that so much, yes, that's yeah. so much better than the other one. And it's God's read, Friday. yeah, and, yeah. and it's read in over 104 yeah, wow. countries. Yeah. Oz um, attended the University of South Carolina on a golf scholarship. Maybe that's another reason you're excited to He's interview. my man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and was a golf professional for three years before going into business in 1980. He's married to his wife. Her name is Pamela, and they have one married daughter, and they live in Cumming, Georgia, a suburb of Atlanta, and they have five dogs. Oh, my goodness. How fun. (laughs) Welcome to Your Biggest Breakthrough, Oz. We are so excited to have you. Yeah. Thanks for taking time today. Like, I just want to launch right off into the three years of professional golf, but I'll get in trouble if I do that. We are going to talk about it a little bit, however, because you've got a recent book that ties in with it. Um, I just want to cut to the chase on something right off the bat. Um, Because I've I've read through some of your stuff and looked at your material. And 
you've had a couple of crisis points in your life, uh, and it's taught you a lot about your relationship with God. So would you just maybe take us back to the beginnings of your story uh, and with a little bit of your family history? Because I think it's just fascinating where you came from and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Well, I was raised in South Carolina and uh, my dad uh, owned a toy store growing up and it was great having a dad on a toy store. And uh, my dad started me playing golf when I was 11 years old. I had four sisters. He uh, uh, was recruited by a toy company uh, to be their president. And he was starting on a career ladder with that. And uh, but when I was 14, he was killed in an airplane crash, along with the president and see, excuse me, the CEO and vice president company went bankrupt within two years. My mom had to go back to work. Uh, things would be uh, a little lean for us over the next few years. But I would continue in my my quest for golf and I would go to school on a golf scholarship for four years, would turn pro out of college, uh, did not get on the tour like I had hoped, but that became my first crisis point where I would really, uh, that would be a catalyst for me coming to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I've never turned back since. I would end up uh, moving out of golf and going into business uh, first in advertising and printing and would ultimately end up working for a Christian ad agency for a few years and then starting my own ad agency in Atlanta and we were a successful small ad agency serving American Express and Steinway Pianos and, you know, a number of companies. So we we were 12 years into that. And then all of a sudden, what I call my year from hell or he heaven, I'm not sure which one, it was, but it felt like hell because um, I uh, got a phone call one day and uh, he was my investment manager. And he says, Austin, I'm, I'm very sorry to report to you. Your half million dollars is gone because of a quote, Bernie Madoff. Of course, we didn't know about Bernie Madoff then, but that's how I would describe it today. He was, it was a scam and all of my money was gone. And, uh, within three months, a number of other things happened. I lost 80% of my business through one client who fired us and stuck us for 140,000. My wife came in and said, I want to separate. And she, she would ultimately divorce me. Mm. And then my vice president would leave and take my second largest account. So life went from literally one place to a whole nother place within three months. And that would usher me into a seven year season of extraordinary adversity. And, uh, but that was the thing that God really used in my life to really reveal himself to me and show me the value of adversity, even though the devil might have, you know, John 10, 10 says Satan wants to steal, kill and destroy our lives. Uh, even so, God had another plan in mind of redemption of that adversity. And so I just uh, I met a man two years into my adversity. He was an international businessman who founded the International Christian Chamber of Commerce and uh, a man named Gunnar Olson. And, and someone sent me an audio tape by Gunnar that said, God is raising up Joseph's all over the world. And it's often signified by them going through extraordinary adversity in their business and personal life. I said, oh my gosh, I got to meet that guy. So found out he was going to be in Washington in two months. I flew there. He was gracious to meet me the very night of a 75 nation conference, if you can imagine that. Yeah. And he listened to my story. He said, Oz, 
you have a Joseph calling. It's a marketplace call uh, to be a spiritual and physical provider to others. That day, he became my spiritual father in the marketplace, still is today. He's 86 years old. And uh, everything he said has come true. He's, and uh, little would I know God would turn that valley of Acor, which means trouble, into a door of hope uh, out of Hosea 2.15. And God would uh, allow me to begin writing about some of those experiences, teaching others, helping business leaders understand the role faith plays in our work life. And I would end up going to 26 countries, teaching and training leaders and just finished my 24th book. I got to stop here a second because like, like, like you have got, you've got uh, so much experience in that area of adversity that God could entrust you based on how you handle it. He could entrust you a ministry to help others through it. But let's, I just got to go back for just a moment to when you were, you're 14 years old. Mm -hmm. And I thought for sure you were going to say your first, you know, your first adverse circumstances were facing all the trouble you got from your buddies for, you know, your dad having a toy story, a toy, a toy, a toy store. A toy store. <laughs> it's just like, seriously, I mean, what kid, uh, you know, wouldn't want that, but then the unexpected happens and you lose your dad. Do you recall back at that age? How did you handle it? Because I would think that is like it's a, a major age. crisis yeah. in your life. Uh, when you're 14 years old, your dad is gone. Your, your, your mom's on her own. Uh, how did you get through that? Well, it was, uh, it was a tough time for sure. Um, in fact, I learned about it watching television. I was watching I Dream of Jeannie and a news flash comes on the screen and says three prominent businessmen in Colombia have just been killed. That's how I learned about it. And so, you know, it, it was tough because my mom, you know, she'd never had to work outside the home you know, since growing up, we had four sister. I had four sisters, and I was number uh, four in the lineup. I had one younger sister who was three years old, and so yeah, it was difficult. It was uh, I. I wouldn't learn until much later in life uh, how that impacted me in in as an adult, and so I had to work through some of the abandonment issues and what it meant to really being able to relate to my heavenly father, because I felt my, my earthly father rejected me, although, you know, he didn't have anything to do with it, but you know, when your father disappears for whatever reason, there are issues that come with that. But um, I've written two books about that uh, sonship and uh, what it means to have intimacy with the father. Mm -hmm. And uh, so God even used that to teach me something about himself. Wow. I think that's so beautiful. Awesome. I mean, we can either become bitter or better. And, and I think um, I'm sure you had your moments of, of bitterness and resentment and why and all the things. Um, but God is such a restore and redeems uh, in different ways. And so I, I think about how important it is for um, uh, mentors to come into our life. And you spoke of, of, of a mentor, your spiritual uh, kind of father that uh, you you work with still today, and how important is that? And and do you have uh, people that you are mentoring? How much uh, are you a big fan of of mentorship? I'm a huge fan of that because there there are three people that God seemed to bring into my life at particular times. One of them was the pastor who led me to the Lord, who actually was assistant pastor at the church I grew up in, in Columbia, South Carolina. And then he moved to, to North Myrtle Beach, where I would end up going after, um, after college 
to gamble and try to raise money to get on the tour. It just so happened that the golf course I was working was across the street from his church. I would later find out that my mother and him were kind of in uh, in a strategy together to <laughs> this wayward boy, and they were they were successful, and uh, so he was a, a key person. Uh, I'm still in relationship with him. He's about 86 now. I'll actually see him next week. And um, the second person was a guy that was a, a former Vietnam helicopter pilot, ran a Christian retreat center and was tough as nails. And he came into my life around the time I had my crash and God sent him in order to clean me up. <laughs> and uh, he was a tough guy, but I needed a tough guy at that time in my life. And then, of course, Gunnar was the third mentor that uh, was a marketplace mentor and coach. And uh, so those uh, people were very, very strategic, strategic times in my life. And so I have people in my life that uh, some of them consider me their mentor that I don't even know that. Uh, they'll just call me and say, you know, I You've been made such a difference in my life. I've read your read your devotional for years, and um, you know I tell people I say you know that devotional TGIF today God is first. Um, I wrote that to me. I, I that came out of a time of seeking God for my own situation. And so when people said it was helping them a lot, I I was the biggest surprise because I I really was writing it for me and. And it just caught on when a, a friend of mine who owned the web, uh, I, you know, crosswalk.com said, let me put it on our website and, and you won't have to send it off your laptop anymore. And so when that happened, people from around the world started saying, you read my mail today. You spoke right into what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. And that was the common thing over and over and over. Isn't it, yeah, isn't it amazing, though, as you look back now, you can see how God was weaving all these circumstances together to prepare you to be able to use you in the way that you're being used. Uh, but let's go back to the golf thing. I'm really curious about that. Huh? <laughs> what happened with that? I mean, you were you were a really good golfer as a kid. I, I recall hearing a couple of stories about uh, you got like three hole in ones or something at an early age. And you, so you were, you were pretty much determined that you were going to become a golf pro and talk a little bit about that. And how did that whole experience lead you into relationship with God? Yeah, I was a very good junior golfer. By the time I was 14, I had had, had three hole in ones and I'd broken 70 many times and I broke our course record. Amazing. Oh. Don't be jealous, Todd. Oh, I mean, seriously. <laughs> wow, that's great. And, uh, and when I was uh, 15, I played in the U.S. Junior Amateur and I played with a guy named Gary Koch, who is an NBC sports analysis now. And uh, he uh, was the medalist that day uh, for the tournament. Uh, he didn't win it, but uh, he would go on to play the tour. Ben Crenshaw played in that oh, event wow. and uh, Bruce Litsky and uh, a few others. But so it, it was a good crop of juniors that would ultimately, uh, you know, be successful in golf. So when I got into college, uh, I sort of leveled out instead of getting better. And I can look back and say part of that was some insecurity issues that I was not able to deal with until I was an adult. But I had the physical game, but I didn't have the mental game at that time. But um, it's interesting when I dealt with that issue, I, 
I, I uh, went out and won, won my club championship right after because <laughs> I dealt with those emotional issues, right? Yes, that's huge. But uh, anyway, I still really enjoy the game. I'm still a zero handicap. I just won my club championship recently, uh, uh, two months ago. And uh, so I'm, I just turned 70. So it's a, you know, it's a great game, you know, that you can play at this age and still even compete. That's awesome. I love that. Um, as a health and wellness professional, I'm always fascinated by because emotions play a big role in how we show up and how we take care of ourselves or don't take care of ourselves. So I'm curious, how did you handle um, the things that you went through? How did you handle the the traumas and deal with it head on and 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 break through? Well, one of the things I learned as I got, uh, you know, started growing in my faith, I, I was really seeking the Lord for all the answers. And I discovered that I had some core beliefs growing up as a child that impacted me as an adult and even contributed to some of the conflict in marriages. But what I realized was that I had a stronghold in my life of insecurity and fear that led me to control people and circumstances. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so this was the, the mentor that was a counselor, uh, was able to help me see that and help me th- see the impact of that and how it related to my relationships, how it related to how I did business. And uh, it was when I dealt with that, I became truly a new person. Uh, I, uh, I I was really transformed uh, with that truth. And, uh, you know, um, John 832 says the truth shall make you free. And uh, that was very true of me. Uh, and I, I found that that helps a lot of people when they can understand how core beliefs can impact their life. Uh, and, you know, it changes uh, their identity, you know, and, and, and we're being attacked. Our young people are being really attacked in the area of identity today in this whole sexual aberration that's going on today. Uh, it's an identity issue and there's a sexual spirit seeking to attack all of them. And so, you know, these things are real and uh, it's important that we have uh, be able to live from a, a place of, of true identity in Christ. Yeah, that's so good. And and well done. Kudos to you for, for doing the work because that's what yeah. it takes is doing the work. So well done. You're going to say something? Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, so much of what you said, I'd love to unpack because, uh, I mean, the, there are so many people can relate to when you say I was insecure and that led me to try to control things and how true that is if we're not aware of it. Uh, we become control freaks. And I think as you continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord, you were able to turn control over to him, thereby get your true identity in him and not have to try to get this all figured out on your own. I would, man, I would just love to hear you and Tiger Woods have a conversation. <laughs> because, <laughs> I'm serious, man. I think the lights would be firing off uh, like crazy. Uh, and You know, uh, I have an interesting story about that. I had heard about Tiger when he was a, a young, young boy, and I heard that he was going to be playing at a club near me 
uh, he was about 14 years old, 13, or four, probably about 13. And so I went out to the club and I walked around with him uh, for a few holes just to see this phenom. And uh, I was the only one walking around with him. And uh, uh, now we know the rest of the story, right? <laughs> <laughs> But you walked with him. That's so good. But you know, it, it we just, pray just, for him often. Actually, we, we actually do because, I mean, you're not alone, and he's not alone when it comes to adversity. Everybody's got a level of adversity. Again, the difference is how we handle that, and love the fact that you handled it with your faith, and you became even more intimate as a result of it. So there's just so much that can be learned from those who come through adversity, yeah. and come through it in a way that really honors God. True, and so. On that note, how can we view adversity as something of value when it really causes so much pain? Well, you know, if you really look at the Bible, you find that almost every leader in the Bible, what got them to the larger story of their life was usually a crisis. Yeah. Peter, you know, was struck blind. Uh, you know, David was thrust into the Goliath story. Um, I mean, just look at, you know, Peter, all of them had some type of an event that seemed to be uh, the tipping point or the, uh, the door that would ultimately lead to their larger story in their life. And so um, I wrote a book called The Joseph Calling uh, and also a book called Upside of Adversity. In both those books, I talk about this phenomenon and chronicle many of the leaders in the scripture on how, you know, God used adversity to really um, raise them up. You know, it was uh, it was the catalyst. It's actually easy to understand. It's just so hard to live out when, right. when you're in the middle of it, right? Now, like, like, Who wants pain? Yeah, it's well, fun. I mean, earlier you mentioned the Valley of Acor uh, being turned into Door of Hope. Could you expand on that just a little bit? Well, that's exactly what we're talking about. Uh, he turns the Valley of Acor, which means trouble, into a Door of Hope. And so what we see on the, the door, you know, says, you know, adversity, crisis, I don't want this, you know, and but over time, God uses that to uh, reshape us and uh, speak to us. Uh, you know, there, you know, I had so many what I call faith experiences in that time of adversity where God revealed himself through unusual ways um, that. Uh, I probably would never had those experiences had I not gone through the adversity. Would you care to share in just a moment after you share this, what ways he showed up? Because I think a lot of people don't realize how God can speak, right? And can show up. So, but share your story first. Yeah. Yeah. So I was four year, years into my adversity and my mentor, Gunnar Olson, had invited me to um, come to a, a, a marketplace conference on the island of Cyprus. I said, where is Cyprus? Sign me up, though. <laughs> where is, you know, I had to go on the map and say, where is that? And uh, But I was still in my pit. Man, I could barely go to the grocery store. And he wanted me to go fly across the world and meet him over there. And so I, I kind of laughed like Sarah laughed, right? And, you know, I just kind of dismissed it. But literally the next day, I got a call from a, a guy who ran a, a marketplace uh, uh, ministry in his church. And he said, Hey, um, 
Did you know that Gunnar Olson is having a conference on the island of Cyprus? I said, well, as of yesterday, I do know that. And he said, well, we thought it'd be great if we could take some business leaders to that and, and uh, you know, have you teach them some of what you've been teaching. We'll pay you an honorarium and all your expenses. What would you say? I said, well, I'll really have to pray about that. No, I didn't have to pray. About that. <laughs> right. I end up going to Cyprus and I Gunnar asked me to lead a devotional. Well, I led a devotional, but I didn't say anything about my personal circumstances. Right after the de- devotional, a man comes up to me and says, he's from England. And uh, he says, the Lord wants you to know that he had to remove your finances to reserve the reward he has for you in heaven. That all you got to say? (laughs) (laughs) Drop the mic. Wow. (laughs) Whoa. And so I would have other things happen like that uh, along the journey. And, um, you know, uh, what what I saw in that was that God knew me and knew what I was going through, but he was not releasing me yet. And he was not fixing my problem yet. In fact, um, on my trip back, it just so happened that a seat opened up next to me and Gunnar Olson came and sat down next to me for the whole flight. And we were talking and he said, Oz, you know, I often see you as a butterfly. And it's been all I could do not to cut you out of it because I could solve your financial problems anytime I want. But the Lord will not let me do that. Because if I cut you out of the cocoon, you will die and you will not fulfill what God wants you to do. And I thought, well, that's good news and bad news. There's things like that 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 are priceless. You don't necessarily want to go through the experience again, but what you gain from the experience really becomes very valuable. Very rich. Lots of wisdom, too, now that you have gone through it and you can uh, improve. Part on others, but uh, the word of God has been, you know, big. Uh, it's key to your faith, of course. Um, but what is was your initial perspective toward the Bible, and why and how did it change? The word really became very, very important to me. Uh, I was not a big reader growing up, and but when I became a Christian, I became a voracious reader. Uh, you know, it's amazing how that works. Hmm. But evidently, the Holy Spirit just uh, does something in our humanness uh, once we become born again. And so I became a real reader and a study or studier of the word. And uh, I just really enjoyed what I was reading. And I got into the Old Testament. And, and what people say about the devotional is they love how I unpack the Old Testament and the stories and the applications that relate to the New Testament, because we we sometimes have lost the value of the Old Testament in, uh, in our modern day church experience. So, um, but the word has is very important. And I'm married to a woman. I, I got remarried uh, six years ago, and she's a real word person. She she has an extraordinary uh, testimony. She she was raised um, uh, sexually abused as a child, 30-year cocaine addiction, sent her to prison, 
uh, for 18 months and now has an international prison ministry. Mm. Well, we're going to have to have her on next. Oh, my word. She's much more exciting than me. (laughs) But is she a golfer? (laughs) You know, when we got married, I bought her a set of clubs and they're still in the same (laughs) six years ago. Where. can relate it would be just a tad uh, golfing with you anyhow intimidating you know uh so hey let me let me ask you a little bit about your uh your organization marketplace leaders and its mission and and how that got started and why you started it well i realized as, as i um as i grew in my faith that my real gifting was teaching and training and being able to mentor others and uh, so i started gravitating toward uh, developing ways of helping men and women live out their faith in and through their work life. And uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but in the mid nineties, I was one of uh, some leader, other leaders that was a catalyst to really what I would call is like a revival in understanding the role faith plays in our work life and that uh, that our work is actually a ministry based on Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, do unto the Lord, it's the Lord Christ you are serving. And so as I began to teach that, uh, it opened doors for me to teach, speak, train. And so we developed a lot of training, uh, coaching programs, so we we basically encourage people to start reading the devotional at todaygoddesfirst.com. And then if they want to go deeper, we have a, a, a mentoring program called Change Agent Master Mentor, where we have over 40 uh, video PowerPoint courses that they can go through and twice a month uh, classes Amazing. that we meet with them. And uh, then I have had one-to-one coaching where I, I take 12 leaders and I walk with them for seven months and just pour into them. Mm, fantastic. Wow. What Amazing. a great, great resource. Wow. Yes. Um, and I'm certain that uh, within the workplace, you hear a lot of talk about the adversity that occurs right within the workplace. I think sometimes we always think of it as some sort of major crisis, but there are these little day mm-hmm. events that can happen in the marketplace that just bring tremendous adversity to us. So I'm guessing that as you're coaching and counseling and mentoring, <laughs> that the men and women can really relate to what you're talking about in terms of handling adversity. But I do want you to just help our listeners understand that when they face their own kind of adversity, whatever the, the crisis or series of crises are, how can they actually learn to embrace that adversity and believe that there's something good on the other side as they go through it? You know, I did a, a video that can be accessed online. It's called thejosephcalling.com, thejosephcalling.com. And it's about a 45-minute video that helps people understand the role adversity plays. You know, and I say in that, that there's really four reasons we're going to experience adversity. One, it's a consequence of the call of God, like Joseph. That was a, it wasn't because of his sin. It was a consequence of the call. Another is we can go through adversity because of sin. You know, Gehazi was Elijah's assistant, and he tried to get money out of the, the general that he healed. And God wasn't happy with that, and he got leprosy and lost his job. 
Well, there's a whole lot of other examples. So Satan's a legalist. He knows when there's sin in our life, there's an open door that Satan can attack us. The third reason we can go through is sonship. In Hebrews 12, it says that it, you know, he treats us as sons, and, and as such, that means that he's going to have to allow things in our life to protect us as well as grow us up, and that can mean adversity at times. But then the fourth area is spiritual warfare. John 10.10 10 says he's going to steal, kill, and destroy from our lives, and so we have to stand ground and realize that we're in a battle. Ephesians talks about you know, the principalities that we we face, and there's greater principalities over certain spheres of influence, like Washington. There's a lot of demons there. There's a lot of demons in Hollywood, and we're seeing a lot of that manifested today. So those are some things that, to consider when you go through adversity, and, and that video will help people. That's great. And real, and real quick, um, are you noticing because of, of, the times that there is more adversity, especially for um, Christ followers in the marketplace. Are you seeing the kind of the persecution within uh, their in their surroundings with other people? And how are uh, are people coming to you saying, "What do I do? How do I handle this situation?" Um, are you just seeing more of that? We absolutely are seeing that. Where you saw just recently on the news where. Uh, a man who was committed to, you know, the unborn was arrested. He has like seven children or whatever. And he didn't, uh, you know, he didn't do anything that was worthy of what they did. You know, they came in with a SWAT team, you know, and he was not a dangerous person. And so we're beginning to see people's having persecution because of their conservative views and even their Christian views, you know, yeah. And so I, I believe that will increase. Uh, and so it's very important that we have a strong uh, faith and commitment to the Lord to stand in the gap and not uh, sacrifice our faith uh, in the midst of it. And uh, the line is beginning to really be defined greater and greater as we move on in these last days. You have so much wisdom, Austin. It's because you've taken advantage of the opportunities that God has provided you to to learn things that can really contribute to the growth of your faith and and ours as well. So I'm excited to go over to the josephcalling.com and check out that video, but also excited to check out your new book. Yes, uh, You've written a lot of books. This is your most recent one, I guess, and it's called uh, Birdies, Bogeys, and Life Lessons from the Game of Golf. And I'm assuming that this is not just talking about how to handle the adversity of a stray tee shot that goes out of bounds. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, um, I was uh, talking to my publisher who had done my previous book, and I said, you know, I've been thinking about writing about golf. I've never written about golf. And so, you know, devotionals are kind of my thing. And this, my publisher specializes in devotionals. And so I said, what about this idea? And he loved it immediately. And so it's um, what I decided to do was write about uh, stories in golf about professional golfers and just general uh, experiences that I've had it in golf, and then draw a, a spiritual pal parallel to that story that uh, can maybe get people thinking spiritually. So I think it's a great book for uh, Christians who love golf, and it's a great book 
for Christians who want to touch non-believers because they have a strong interest in golf. And it's a type of book that is not so strong in the the messaging that it can't just, you know, softly speak to them and make them start thinking about spiritual things. That sounds really good. And that sounds like a a great book, like you said, even for unbelievers. So uh, I'm going to just put in the suggestion box that Broad Street would get this into uh, the clubhouse gift shops. I mean, come on, that's a great place, right? Um, Anyway, we are so thankful for your time, your wisdom. And I know we could probably do several more interviews with you. We've just barely scratched the surface with with um, who you are as as an individual and just all the wisdom and downloads that God has given you. And so we just thank you. And and we're honored to to interview you. And I'm curious about uh, you're still going to walk in the room and I'm going to say hello to her. We want to interview you next. We've already heard just a snippet of your story. So we're going to make that happen. (laughs) Oh, awesome. And who are you? I'm Wendy. This is Todd. We're actually doing the interview right now. This is a podcast. Uh, No, it's all good. Hey, this is exciting. This is Makes exciting. Hey, I just got one. We're word. gonna keep people just waiting yeah. on their seat, waiting for this next interview with you, Pamela. So this is good. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. God bless you. Yeah, God bless thank you. you. Anyway, thank and you, Oscar, us. Your, your assignment, of course, uh, because you're still golfing uh at age 70 and probably <laughs> really enjoying how yeah. to play better. <laughs> What's I need to know what your handicap is now? Uh-oh. It's zero. Oh man. No, <laughs> seriously. All right. So you have got to promise us that you're going to do everything you can to get your wife out there with her new clubs. <laughs> Give her a few lessons. Okay. I love fun. that. Y'all are, the, y'all are amazing. Uh, us, thank you again. Yes. And God bless you and all that you're doing in the marketplace for yeah. leaders yeah. and to equip people for um, just to, to dig deeper in their faith and to rise up in, in um, where they are in the workplace. So we appreciate you. Yeah. And if, if people want to get a hold of this, yes. they can go to tgifbookstore.com and uh, they'll be able to get it there and uh, uh, think about a friend to give it to. Excellent. Perfect. All right. TGIF we're going to put all that in yeah, the show, show notes so you can easily go grab uh, these resources. TGIFbookstore.com. So thank you so much, Oz. God bless you. All right. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Oh, my goodness. Bye, Pamela. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> okay. How fun was that? I, I mean, we could probably have three or four more uh, episodes. With well, I, yeah, I'd, I'd search like <laughs> to keep going. Uh, no doubt about Plus his of his information and I just love his. Uh, he's got a he's got a soft, gentle spirit, nice but he's got so much wisdom. Yeah, and a great perspective. Because honestly, the toughest thing in life to do for most of us is to come out on the other side of problems, having a closer relationship with God, yeah. much greater wisdom, and the ability then to contribute in the lives of others. And this is exactly what what Oz is doing, and what we're encouraged to do in our own lives. Yeah, and despite all these adversities you know, golf is, is a head game too. And he still has a zero handicap. That's crazy. <laughs> I want to go golf with him. No, no I don't. <laughs> yeah. You can't cheat on your scorecard. Yeah, no. <laughs> the trouble. 
All right. Well, we really uh, believe that this show blessed you. And um, and if it did, like we know it did, uh, please share it with others because others need to hear uh, Asa's information and his wisdom and to get his new devotional. So um, thank you again. What about for- writing reviews? That- oh, please. Yeah. Could we encourage yeah, you to do that? To I know it's kind of a hassle, but- new devotional because you're going to get that. And also for this podcast, yeah. for your biggest breakthrough, we'd love um, some reviews word. and to spread the word. So God bless you. And we will catch you next time on Your Biggest Breakthrough. So glad you could join us today. And you'll find a new episode every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you've been encouraged by listening or viewing, would you just take a moment and give us a five-star rating and a quick review? That'd be so awesome. Yeah. And also please share this with your friends and loved ones. If you have comments or questions, or if you're looking for an advertising opportunity, please get in touch with us at yourbiggestbreakthrough.com. Or if you'd like to optimize your health and wellness, you can work directly with Wendy. Go to wendypat.com. Or if you're a guy and you're interested in mentoring and coaching, go to toddisburner.com. We look forward to having you join us on our next episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough.